Um, yeah, so this is episode three of the Michael Anthony show. Um, I hope the arrogance of my voice is coming across because why wouldn't I be arrogant? This thing is off the handle. There's 500 views or listens, however you want to see it, in four days. That's more than like the Twitter pages and shit of of pretty well-established companies. It's quite literally exploding. Um, A lot of people in this position would thank listeners. Why the fuck would I thank the listeners? It's just entertaining and people people want to be entertained. So, yeah, you're welcome. Um, Unfortunately, um, due to the pull out of a guest, I wanted wanted another guest because um, it's nice to hear... The viewpoints of different people on a variety of topics. Unfortunately, this is not a new guest. This is Connor once again, who jumped at the opportunity, nearly, nearly actually asked, could he come back on? Because he's been swinging his dick about ever since the last one went public. Um, he thinks he's more intelligent. He thinks he's funnier. And even though it's a radio broadcast, he thinks he's better looking than he's ever thought before. Connor, why are you back? Uh, back just to discuss. Um, Were you embarrassed? Different topics. Last time. Uh, no, I was embarrassed, embarrassed listening back to people hearing what you thought about issues. Um, I I thought I spoke my mind and spoke quite well on some topics. <laughs> you don't think you displayed a huge level of ignorance. You don't think you stereotyped. You don't think you you possessed a huge lack of knowledge, and um, showed everyone just how little knowledge you well and truly do have. I've done bits of research, and I think some of my stats are backed up by research. So such as what? Uh, the average age of a traveller is actually just sixty one. Uh, so when I said they don't live past 60, I was actually kind of proven correct there. So I'm glad that I wasn't seem, uh, didn't seem too ignorant. Yeah, you said they don't live by 60. You didn't say the average of some do, some don't. I'm not getting back into the traveller thing because I'm actually embarrassed. Are you worried? A lot of people have come up to me saying, oh, Connor should be worried that you're using his real name. There's a picture of him. From a professional standpoint, are you worried that your job is at risk right now? No. I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and my opinion is what that would have portrayed in the first episode. No, absolutely not. Sorry, what? What'd you just say? <laughs> my opinion is one, <laughs> is <coughs> that that I portrayed in the first episode. And um, I think, uh, th- yeah, thank you, because that I, I just hope everyone can, can hear how little sense this guy makes. And to be honest with you, if I am a bit downbeat, it's because I have to spend another hour talking to this absolute idiot. Um, so in work, because you, you touched on the fact that you watch uh, female cricket a bit. Yeah. Um, you said, you, did you say you watch women's rugby? I said I watched a bit of it, yeah. Um, what do you make of the darts? How do you, how do you feel about yourself when you're in work and you're working on a darts game? Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, darts is a poor, poor tool. Because that would make a lot of people walk out the door. I mean, it, to call, even call it a sport's absolutely embarrassing. It's a pastime. It was developed for alcoholics, so they could justify being alcoholics down in boozers. They throw little metal needles into black or white triangles on a wall. It is absolutely embarrassing that Eddie Hearn's father managed to turn it into a sport. Because the same thing happened with snooker. Uh, it was commercialised and you actually kind of have to accept it as a sport. But like when I see people like Gary Anderson, who, who, are, who are standing there... Um, I don't, I don't even know what to describe. Gary Anderson just looks like the type of guy when you go for like a roll or you have to like pick something up in a centre during the day. And you're like, where am I going to park? And you end up parking in the only free space and you just end up parking right in front of this guy having a real minging daytime Harry outside of a boozer yeah. in between like his third and fourth pint. 
who like pulls out a, a Nokia and like puts it up to his ear for a failed phone call a few times before blaming the phone as opposed to a the fact that he didn't get credit or b his inability to use technology and um, so I just was very interested in wondering like obviously you, you do your job and and you got to do what you got to do to get paid but I just don't understand the darts thing like do you consider them athletes or uh, one or two of them yeah like Phil Taylor did win uh, 18 world championships I think it's 18 I'm actually not sure on the stat but like to I do think it might be that. 16 I don't know though there's no point in arguing over it could be 18 but to do it at that level for that long what do you mean that level He's beating other. But like, what? What? But who plays? What is the? What is the entrance requirements? You, like fat? How do you start off by playing darts? You have to be a big drinker. So you don't. You don't start throwing things at ten, and your elbow goes. I tell you what, if he's not a darts player, I don't know what he'll be. It's. <laughs> it stems from either you being an alcoholic, and at best your father, and you're waiting in the booze. You've nothing else to do. That's what I reckon happened with Van Gerwen because he was young yeah. when he came in. He made his debut at sixteen, which I never understood, even though he looked forty. Yeah. So maybe they were just lying. Maybe he wasn't sixteen. Because he was bald, yeah, and he he was ginger and was balding, and he has like he's I don't, he's just, he right now he's such an egg that I actually can't even talk about his appearance any longer, but to say Phil Taylor's an athlete is it's embarrassing. Do you think so? Yeah. What, what do you mean? And like for just he throws say. silver sticks at a board. Who plays it? Who else plays it? Like when we were in America, nobody is aware that darts is a sport. They have dartboards in the boozer, but they are not aware that that's taken seriously. That like there's ring girls who walk them. They have a theme tune. The ring girls are that they high five for. Like, are they shagging? By the way, who are people actually shagging darts? No one. They're the no. one like pe- successful people because Gary Anderson to get one point five million pounds for winning the worlds there a few years ago. They are the one kind of area society exempt from groupies and shit. Yeah, thank you. Like successful right. darts player doesn't get mots back to the hotel, no, and if they do, it's reminiscent of David Brent in, in, in Life in the Road film when they come back and they eat the Toblerones in the minibar. There's not a chance they're getting their leg up. But Phil Taylor is a very very delusional character. I'm glad you brought him up. His level of arrogance for what yeah. he is. No, no, he 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 genuinely thinks like he he like he thinks is he. He thinks he should be knighted, I think. Yeah, probably. I he, think he thinks he warrants a knighthood. He did leave his wife for a young one. Well, yeah. I he, think he, that's his... Because yeah, he, he couldn't even believe that, that a young one was talking to him. Yeah. Pathetic sport that completely relies uh, on betting. And it, it's completely, completely saturated in match-fixing. How easy it is to fix a darts game over under 180s. Yeah. Like it's there's not a chance that the game's clean. Uh, it's just it's you kind of you kind of probably. I, I, you kind of probably actually nearly like darts because some of the things that you're into, including supporting the Irish football team, are absolutely embarrassing. As a guy who has attended, what was it the Carling tournament? Yeah, the Carling Cup. I actually can't remember what it was called exactly. Well, they played Scotland, Wales, and a few things. There was this pathetic yeah. tournament that was put on. In Lansdowne Row, in around the summer of twenty eleven, Connor attended three, three games in two weeks. Um, as such an avid Irish football fan, what do you make of the current situation? Uh, yeah, down with the players, I suppose. You'd have to say, I think uh, the ground roots of the football. The what? The ground roots. I think he's trying to say grassroots. Grassroots. I think he's trying to say grassroots. There, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> The grassroots, uh, obviously, in Ireland uh, is appalling at the moment, and the, the football team is in a sorry state. Um, oh, what, like, but that's just like, come on. Um, I think Martin O'Neill should be sacked. Yeah. Um, the football is appalling. He might not have the players. The problem with Irish football is this. Yes, we don't have the players. But we also 
haven't gripped the nation. No. And I've always thought that every successful Irish team has to rely on some kind of cult character. Um, like, now McCarthy had the players. He had the Keens. He had the Duffs. He had the Givens. But, like, Big Jack Charlton was a character that just fit Irish society. Big Jack. He gripped the nation. Every single taxi driver wanted to talk about him. Every single guy in a chipper yeah. nearly put down his Italian flag and replaced it with a tricolour. Jackie's on me, you know what I mean? And right now, I think the only answer, because we don't have the players, but what we knew, what I do fear and what I, what I really do dread is that we lose interest. Yeah. Because I don't care what anyone tells me about the rugby team or realistically, we, we, we've, we've said what we thought about Gal before on, on the show, but football is our sport. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, we'd still got an 88, we'd Italian 90, we'd the World Cup in 02. And when we still qualify to the Euros to this day and, nearly qualified for those World Cups like you remember Henri's handball and stuff like that obviously Denmark gives a hiding in the last playoffs but there's nothing really better it's it's when sport is at a peak in Irish society and in order to get the fans back which or, or, or to make sure they stay which in turn will lead to the eventual success of the team I would agree with John Sack and O'Neill but he needs to be replaced with a cult character and that's why it has to be Sam Allardyce you think Big Sam should it, job. If Sam Allardyce got the Irish job, the country would unite again. There'd be fucking characters on Gift Grub, there'd be tunes, kids would be nodding their heads to them in the schoolyard, singing songs with Sam's name. And imagine him walking in to the press conference with like the Today FM like there and just imagine Dunphy. Yeah, imagine like Dunphy interviewing him or the people's opinions on him or just imagine even seeing him having a pint in toners. He just fit in so well in Irish society. Big Sam. We saw Big Sam down there. And Big Sam lose a fucking pint. It would be fucking brilliant. He'd be loved, yeah. And if Sam wouldn't take it because Sam has enough money you're looking at Ollie. Ian Holloway. Ian Holloway. <laughs> Another character who would unite the Irish nation towards supporting football. So, in order to fix things, forget your grassroots for a second. Because, yeah, they made mistakes. I don't know why we can hire New Zealand rugby coaches to, to, to coach the underage. Why we don't just get 10 Spaniards in yeah, to be under 12s up. Instead of having some guy, yeah, when and down, you stick the ball onto the motorway. You don't diddle that with it. No, that's completely wrong. When we grew up playing football, the one thing we were made sure you knew was... Man on. That that is tell a teammate if there's a man near him. Get goal side, and when and out, put it out. And the worst thing you could do is ever take a risk if you're under pressure. Imagine imagine encouraging that. You think that's how they, they, they play the game in Spain and these successful countries? It's appalling. You're applauded for sticking balls onto the M50. It's absolutely embarrassing. So I think yeah, I I think that we're miles away from that. But right now, short term solution: get Sam in, get Ollie in, and see what happens. You never know. Yeah. We could overachieve with characters like that because the general atmosphere around the game would just be too strong. Um, you no longer attend Irish football matches, though. No, I haven't been in years. Oh, no, I went to the Euros. Uh, when Robbie Brady, great night for Irish. Doesn't football. count as a game. Um, doesn't count as a game I'm pretty sure Zaza was playing for Italy um, they were already they were already through were they through yeah they were yeah, through, and yeah. we finished in third that whole Euros actually doesn't really count as a tournament Portugal won it with three draws in the group stage and they came third yeah um, that from, was the last game I was at to the front pages um, Nickers to the law uh, TD Coppinger um, seems to be Seems to be holding a parachute uh, in her fingers in the doll iron today, but apparently, according to the article, it's her thong. Um, this type of behaviour, 
Um, what you probably think you probably think it's a bit much, do you? Well, yeah, I don't think anyone needs to see her underwear. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I, I think everyone does need to see her underwear because it's about time that um, this level um, of performance was put in to the overall message of women's rights. T.D. Coppinger is fully aware that nobody wants to see that because it is revolting, <laughs> to be honest, watching her hold that thong up, especially surrounded by people in suits and wooden benches. But it's also revolting that um, the legal team demanded uh, that a 17-year-old's tongue was displayed in a court of law. Um, I presume you know the story. Yeah, brief. I've heard it on the radio. Cork woman um, alleges a 27-year-old man of rape. Yeah. Um, she's doubted, of course, and her legal team um, requests the display of her garments that night to justify their doubt. They were holding her knickers up in court. Um, Crazy. But you you probably, like, I've heard you talk, you're kind of a disgusting man, I've heard you talk about things like tongs before. <laughs> I've, I've heard you kind of, yeah. I've heard you laugh about the concept of tongs. So I, I, I feel like, Connor, you're only saying it's crazy because you don't want some of the backlash that you received from the last well. episode and your criticism of travellers. I think you think that women who wear tongs are wearing them for you. Well, they're wearing them in a sexual way, I think. What do you mean? A lot of women would wear tongs... Um, not in the, the idea of obviously getting right, but uh, the idea of, in a sexual manner, to maybe either attract males or to with the idea of having sex in their mind. I would say, no, I don't. Um, uh, so you, you, you think that if you were with a woman, you went on a date. Yeah. And you went for a dinner, knowing you, the bill would probably split right down the fucking middle. <laughs> um, unless she was getting wine and you were getting beer, in which case she would be paying slightly more. Um, but if if you went back to her place, you yeah. both had a few drinks, yeah. and you took her in, and she was wearing a pair of Hello Kitty knickers. Yeah. Um, would you be less likely to attempt to put your hands into those knickers? Absolutely. Then if she's then a tongue. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, we we would be like a tongue is. So sex. you're saying the tongs are suggestive of sex and are simply consensual more, intercourse. Yeah, I think they're more. Progressive or forward. That again makes no sense. More. <laughs> they're more, uh, they're more, they're, yeah, obviously more sexual. A woman that's wearing a tongue ahead of a pair of Hello Kitty knickers. Mm -hmm. You're struggling for words tonight, but what I'm saying to you is, do you, so you're saying they're suggestive. You're saying that she is aware that, listen, I'm, I'm she, you're, they're seductive. She's yeah. trying to seduce sex by wearing um, them. Yeah, seduce it in a way of, yeah, I'm ready to have sex. I would okay. like that. So you can understand yeah, why a defendant who is saying that he did not rape a woman is requesting that his legal team get her knickers displayed publicly. Well, no, I don't really understand why her knickers are being... Because at the end... Like, okay, so, so this, is, this is why. He says he didn't do it. Yeah. He believes that by her wearing a thong, it proves that she was ready for sex and willing to have sex and wanted to attract him and was in the kind of horny mood. Okay? Like you do. That's what you're saying. You're saying that thongs do give yeah, off a vibe of sexuality that suggests a woman is looking or seeking or wanting or at least willing to take part in sex. But if I did see a woman at night... Yeah, I'm just, just answer yeah. question for question. Yeah. Everything I said that you agree with. So you think that too, like he did. So if your back was against the wall and you were getting accused of something, and let's say you let's say you you didn't do it, 
Yeah. Or else you did it, but you didn't know you did it. Like some lads aren't aware of what they're doing to these women. They think it's okay, always oh, consensual, but like they don't realize that we're the stronger being. We've much more responsibility in a physical sense. We actually have the ability to walk into a room, pin them down, and give them no choice. They don't have that that ability. So that weighs in the back of your mind. That gives them a little bit of fear that might not even be verbalized. Yeah. About, about the whole sexual experience. Yeah. So if you're in that situation, would well, you go here? Just get her like. Just get her to show your nigger shoes wearing. I'm telling you, like I didn't do it. <laughs> Uh, no, I wouldn't. Why? If if you believe that thongs are a symbol of, uh, of sexuality, because surely that's not something you'd have to go back to. I think I'd have. But why? The man, the guy's been accused of rape. He's saying he didn't do it. So he's kind of running out of things. So he just goes, "Show knickers." You don't think that he, if 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 you agree with him that they're a symbol of sexuality, why can't he then go here? I'll prove to you that she was in a sexual mindset. Yeah, I. I you do the same with your ideology. It sounds like you're just saying you wouldn't do the same because you don't want the backlash. No, I wouldn't. Uh, if I saw a girl in a nightclub who was wearing a thong, I wouldn't be automatically drawn to her thinking she wanted to have sex. But in a situation where you were... Of course in, not. Yeah. But in a situation where you were in the room with a girl yeah. and she was wearing a thong, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think that's the exact same more. thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I think it's, it's the exact same thing. More, but yeah. again, if you I saw her in a nightclub girl, she was wearing a thong and fucking locked in on her, that, that would just be like, you don't need, you shouldn't be, that's not even an arrest thing. That's a, <laughs> that's a mental institution thing. But what I'm saying is, um, yes, you do th- think the same. You think that there's a level of them. You think that what these women are trying to say is, by them wearing knickers, okay, yeah. they're not suggesting anything. And there's a variety of reasons. There's a variety of reasons for why they might be wearing thong. Knicker marks, comfortability. There's so many other factors that we're not even... In certain circumstances, yes, depending on the shape of the buttocks. Yeah, I don't know. You think these things like go? Wh- why do you? It's so arrogant that you think everything's geared towards. You think that they just live to attract men. It's no, so embarrassing that a woman can't go out and uh, and have a night out and want to look nice because they do naturally care more about hygiene and shit than men do yeah, anyway. Of course, yeah. I mean, I've met so many smelly blokes over the years. I've yeah. met so like, but I, I I haven't met that many smelly women. And if I have, it's smelly in a different way. They take things like wiping their arse much more seriously. Yeah. If they if they actually knew the standards of anal hygiene amongst the opposite sex, they'd be quite frankly appalled because they hear us do certain things, but they don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah, obviously they would be more... Uh, some of the dirt the going around. Like we've, we've lived with groups of lads for yeah. summers and stuff like that. Right. So, so some, of the things, the, some of the things lads are willing to re-wear for a second day, it's quite That's frankly nice. mind-boggling. And they're not willing to do that. So they do care more about just yeah. kind of wellness and like they take care of their skin in a way that isn't purely based on how they look for your fat ass... In a, did you say a smoking area if you saw a thong? <laughs> is, that, is that what you said? That's not what they're nece- that's what not that isn't what's necessarily on their mind the whole time. It's so arrogant to, to, to claim that the knickers are for you. You don't think it's to do with the knickers. It is part of the reason. Unless why you're invited. But if you unless you're invited for use or or or, or sharing of a moment with them, it's none of your fucking business no, of course it isn't what they're business. wearing. No. But it's not that guy. How should she have to prove her, it's no one's business what she was wearing. No, as that's what I'm trying to say. I don't think it has anything to do with the rape case, but I do think they are suggestive. But you do. Thing. But I mean, you think... I don't think it has anything to do with a woman being raped. Yeah, so but think... you're skipping ahead here. You're skipping ahead. You think that a thong... Yeah. You think there's, do you even think there's 1% of a woman's mind that when she wears a thong suggests a consensual want for sex? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay. You do believe that. You believe a tongue-wearing woman is displaying a more consensual want of sex than a non-tongue-wearing woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what you're saying. That is what you're saying, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, pretty much. So let's put like, those points down. In a, let's they, point them down. No, write them down. Remember them. These people could be in like a relationship with their with their um, partner or whatever. I know this isn't the case. Were they? No, I know that isn't the case in this, but like women will might wear thongs to... Okay, I don't right. think these people were in a relationship. No, no, I, I don't know. So no, we're talking about the situation at hand, just in terms of... If you think that, if you had sex with a 17-year-old, she was wearing her thong, she was doing certain things, her clothing was in a way suggestive and, and it showed off a bit of skin, and you had sex with her in a way that she might... Like, how can a 17-year-old even communicate to a 27-year-old? Have you met a 17-year-old recently? Yeah, that's his bit disgusting. Do you know how right. young they are? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's 27. Yeah. I think he should be locked up regardless. Yeah, he probably should be. Uh, uh, either, either way, I, don't th- I think if you are over 25... You shouldn't be having sex with somebody under twenty one. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. It's 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 too it's a too big of a mental age gap, because as you advance it, do you know what I mean? Like forty and thirties. Do you know sometimes you meet a bloke and he's twenty eight and he's like his girlfriend's twenty one and he's kind of like, "Grow with Tommy and my dad's fifty, my mom's forty. Yeah, it's a bit different. First of all, I know when they met, the age gap might have been the same, but yeah. life worked differently back then. Women didn't like have aspirations to go to college and and work to the same or weren't really allowed like they are now. So they just kind of all became the same age after eighteen. How many still blokes do you know whose alpha is like 12 years older than their mom? It's real fucking weird. Very weird. Uh, if she's 17, she would have still been in like school. She wasn't even in college. Which she could have skipped day. transition here. But again, man, we're not doing our fucking CV here. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is, as long as you drop the notion, as long as you contain the notion that the thong and, and those variety bras and all these various things... um are for you or for, you, for for your peers, your masculine peers, well, then these women have every single right to rub the name of our gender through the muck. Like mm-hmm. they have done in this nation for the past 18 months. And I'm ashamed because me, like so many other beautiful men I know, don't view women like this, but there is too many people who do. So it's, we are going to get categorized. Our lives are probably going to be affected by this whole thing. Jobs are going to be harder to get. Things we say will be taken out of context. And it's due to our fellow man. So, yeah. as opposed to going, don't jump on board going, eh, like, the worst are male traders. The worst are the guy who just joined the girl side straight away and are pointing fingers in every male direction. Put an arm around it, brother. But that's what You're I'm not viewing women right. Put an arm around them. You don't have the right attitude towards women, mate. Talk to me. Don't be like, perverts, perverts. Because there's the homosexuals great guys um, congratulations on equality deserved every single bit of it who join women and, and they're joining in now going let's get them equality they're fine then the straight lads who want ass off it who are infiltrating they need to be watched out for straight lads going in there they're huge on every single women's right movement yeah weird they want they have an ulterior motive but the likes of us need to just turn around to other guys and go like you know like the way guys try to justify threesomes not being sexual abuse it was consensual yeah, how did it start because if you were having sex with a lady and I do even a knock on the door and go, what's going on here? And you're kind of having sex and I kind of join in she doesn't push me off because she is a much smaller homo sapien who doesn't have the physical power. I know if she stood up, we'd still let go of her and say, get off me. But she doesn't have that physical power that plays on her mind. It's not like if you were being pinned down by a girl who was slugging your face while her mate was riding you, they're both laughing at you. kind of know I'm in control of the situation. They, you can't just say, they were grand because you're not them. You don't know what it's like to be weaker. If he enters that room, that's where the rape starts for me. Lads, yeah. you understand that. If your mate's having sex with a woman, do not enter the room. Yeah. You freak. Well, that's what I'm not sure of. Like, I'd love to hear some women's opinion on that. 
Tom wearing like how many? Because I don't know. I'd I love to get a balance, and, and they're definitely out there. A lot of balanced women. Yeah. A lot of them meet a lot of us. A lot of them treat us with a lot of aggression. Yeah. Because we are males, and because if you even flirt with the notion of having a different viewpoint, you're in serious mm-hmm. trouble. But I'd love to get someone with a balance who can kind of laugh at it. For example, um, the knickers thing, correct? That's Congratulations, funny. it's brilliant. But I'd love to have a woman who can also admit some of the imagery we're getting out of this is absolutely hilarious. I mean, I don't know if Annie was uh, was um, reading the newspapers today or or on the internet, but there was a movement of, of a lot of women sharing their knickers, and some of them had stains on them. Um, some of them were just hilarious brands and colours. Um, I kind of found the stains were more common with the with the larger woman. Yeah. I don't know if it's diet related, um, and like leaking arse and shit like that. But yeah, it was it was interesting. Some of the imagery is hilarious. So thank you for that as well because it's it's been gas. It's been utterly hilarious. So so hats off to you for that one. Um, Arden New Zealand at the weekend. Yeah. What are you fancying? Uh, yeah, I think New Zealand would win, wouldn't you? Like the Ireland are gonna be. They haven't really beaten them before. They won in Chicago. Do you not count it? You, do you oh, count no, it? No, no, I don't. I think no. that the Bears had just won the World Series. Yes. Chicago was a party town. We went on the fucking Triple H in SummerSlam with a fucking sledgehammer from behind. Low blow. They were on the beard. They were on the beard. They weren't caring. We beat them in the States. and let we, Unless we beat them this weekend, we still have never beaten New Zealand. No. Um, Munster fans would like to tell you that they've beaten the All Blacks. Absolute bollocks once again. Uh, apparently, at the time, the game was completely irrelevant. Uh, no one was aware that it was on, and the story was completely manipulated and changed in order to um, guide Munster into the professional brand that they came. Something they mastered much better than the other provinces originally when professionalism um, made its way into rugby. I do apologise for the burp, burping, but that chippy is still there. Um, Ireland... Um that ad is still on TV every year. The monster one, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Apparently, it was apparently it's just something that's completely overblown. Uh, the Tinker Man is back in England. Claudio Ranieri today receives the Fulham job. Um, mixed emotions. Always glad to see the Tinker Man get get work and get well paid. I think like any half decent football fan, um, the sign of him doing anything uh, will will, will accompany a right smile. On my face. Um, I'm a bit annoyed because I do think it's a guarantee of disaster. I think either Fulham go down or they scrape up and he gets sacked early next season. I don't trust that owner, that Fulham owner. He also owns the Jacksonville Jackyards. I don't like the look of him. He looks like a Monopoly board level. He just has that stupid tash. I don't know what he's up to. He wanted to buy Wembley. I don't trust him for a second. I think this ends badly for Ranieri. I think he should have left English football as, as he was. I mean, he just won the league with Leicester. Need I say more about going into that? Um, absolutely not. Um, I know he'd already been at Chelsea. He did a half-decent job there. Um, if it wasn't for kind of the immediate availability of Jose Mourinho, I don't even think he would have lost his job. Uh, he got top four, people forget, yeah. in his last season. Jesper Gronke are getting that goal against Liverpool. Um, but, yeah, he's coming back to Fulham. Don't know if I love it. Don't know if I love it. Um, but... As previously, um, as previously explained, the Leicester story in a way is over. So you question, would he have taken the job if the owner hadn't died? Because that kind of level of tragedy officially ends the whole ambiguity that surrounds Leicester. So maybe he was just doing his version of moving on. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes at Craven Cottage. Um, 
last week we did goalkeepers. This week I am moving on to left back. Um, competitive, competitive position. Um, some great players have played left back in the history of the Premier League. Um, so the nominees are as follows. Nominee number one, Dennis Irwin. <laughs> oh my goodness, what a player. Um, ninth most appearances in Manchester United history and he arrived at the tender age of 25. I'm completely joking. He was a fossil. He arrived at 25. That's crazy. Ninth yeah. most appearances ever. Over 500 league games. Or sorry, over 500 games in all competitions uh, for Manchester United. Two-time PFA Team of the Year. Um, both feet, but mainly right, which was unusual for a left-back. Unbelievable offset pieces. Yeah. 33 goals in all competitions for United. Um, as Alan Hansen said, if you were picking a team of the decade, left-back Irwin, right-back Irwin. Um, Fergie called him Mr. 9 out of 10, and that's exactly what he was. Um, quite simply sensational. Uh, and uh, in a way, his Ireland career was kind of up and down. If only 56 caps, we could have got more out of Dennis. Why did he only have 56, or what happened there? I don't know. I may, I, 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 I'm not too sure on it. Maybe a few pull-outs. Because, really? you know, Fergie was international duty. I mean, Giggs. Yeah. Giggs' international record is absolutely hilarious. And maybe just a few injuries. Mm. Um, but, no, Dennis was the real deal. Uh, for me, if I was doing top five Irish players ever, I got Roy Keane one, Liam Brady two, Paul McGrath three, and Dennis Irwin right in there at number four, ahead of John Giles. Um, no place for Robbie, no? What? No place for Robbie. What are you talking about? Uh, all time. I'm not listening to it. I'm not entertained. I don't think we have the minutes. Do we? No, just all time goal scorer uh, for Ireland in Whoa. an era that we actually achieved quite a lot. What though? Qualified for how many major tournaments? Three. Mm. So, Robbie played in the World Cup in 02. Yeah. Which we qualified for mainly for me because of Roy Keane. Yeah. His performances against Portugal and Holland and stuff like that were absolutely exemplary. We also had Shea Given. We had very solid players like Steve Finn and Jason Magadir. Keane was brilliant, but yeah. he was v- he was a very, very small cog in the overall wheel. Okay. Um, we then again didn't qualify for a tournament until Euro 2012. Um, so many major tournaments too. Yeah, um, and he was kind of yeah. half used in 2016. He was, he was in the squad, he, yeah. but he was only half used. I think he was in the squad. You yeah, were at it, so... Yeah. Um, again, then didn't qualify till till Euro twenty twelve, uh, in which they was probably the most embarrassing showing uh, in the history of Irish sport. Uh, the biggest uh, I I met a lot of friends for each game. So Sean Saint Ledger's uh, goal in the first game was probably the biggest cheer, but probably the second biggest also, possibly I mean the second biggest also because the biggest cheer I saw was when we were four 0 down to Spain, Glenn Whelan, uh, I think tripping David Silva on the halfway line and taking his yellow. All around the room, clapping Glenn Whelan. What an embarrassing moment for Irish sport. Uh, pathetic. So, yeah. I don't really know if you're bang on about Robbie there. Yeah, he scored onions, but how many penalties against really, really minor nations? Like, yeah. his goal record for me is always like... And there was also no one else there to score, which also... like, that could uh, be like thing, it? How many, how many, how many England captions Robbie Keane would have? 25. 25. Why would he have 25? Why, why would he have more yeah. caps than like, people like Robbie Fowler and shit? Well, like, how many does Crouch have? Yeah, but Crouch for what he was when they needed what he was. When you players like Beckham and Joe Cole and you players like Rooney to kind of tuck in. I mean, they were kind of missing an out-and-out nine 
Um, but like with, with Michael Owen's injury problems and stuff like that, Crouch fit. Crouch offered something different. Was Keane better than like Defoe? No. He was better than Vassell. Absolutely better than Darius Vassell. Of course he 15 was. Fifteen caps. You'd be doing yeah. I'd say mid teens. He'd be doing well. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Um. So that's Dennis Irwin. Um, nomination number two, Patrice Evra. <whistles> what a player. Quick, strong. Um, weirdly enough, only scored two goals for United in his first seven seasons and then got four in the league in the 2013 campaign. Three-time PFA Team of the Year. Um, five-time European Cup finalist, which people have to remember, the one with Monaco beforehand, the one with Juve after, and of course, 08. 09 and 2011 so consistent Boris last two United seasons where he started kind of getting misled positionally he was just so consistent and so brilliant and a true red as well Patrice no but what a player so quick got forward defended very good in the air oh ho, ho, very good in the air he he was strong Patrice as well so um, Patrice ever has to be nominated uh, his thing that Royal Cup was a bit mental what was it? It's his role in the 2010 oh, World yeah. Cup in the off of the gaffer. And the time he fought the groundsman, of course, was insanity, as well was the, the Marseille kick. Yeah, that that yeah. kind of topped it all off. Um, but but a truly brilliant footballer. Nomination number three, Graham Lasseau. Interesting nomination, yeah. Graham Lasseau's from Jersey. <laughs> He's from Jersey. That that's that's how mental he was. Um bombed forward, great cross for the ball. An unbelievable product um, of the Chelsea Academy. Came through, fell out with the gaffer and moved to Blackburn. Um, instead of being a step down, it actually turned out to be a step up as Graham Masseau was PFA Team of the Year in 1995 when Blackburn raised the league title with the aid of Jack Walker's millions. Um, 36 England caps, started all games of the 98 World Cup. Unfortunately, his career was blighted by rumours of homosexuality, which weren't true. He's not gay, no? Nope. Married with kids. Right. He said it's all based off a story that he went on summer holidays with a former teammate, and he said because he wasn't into lad culture, he was an educated man, yeah. he enjoyed reading a left-wing newspaper in the form of The Guardian, and apparently because he didn't go out with the lads and he liked to read and he kind of went on quiet holidays, his career was just littered with rumours of being gay. Uh, <laughs> that nearly forced him to retire on several occasions. Uh, Robbie Fowler, of course, in that famous moment, repeatedly points at his arse suggestively to Graham Lasseau. Um It was quite frankly appalling if it happened now. Like He's come out recently talking about how little protection he got. They were just claiming he was gay. Was it in the, were the media claiming he was gay? Or was it just Mainly a terrorist answer? thing, but there might have been the odd red top um, uh-huh. reporting something, but absolutely crazy. Imagine his career blighted by just those... Ru- he wasn't gay. Uh, but let's not take away from the fact that he was he was quite truly a brilliant player and uh, PFA team of the year again with Chelsea on his return in nineteen ninety eight. And as usual, I will leave um, the winner of the position to last. Step forward, Ashley Cole. Who? Not only did he have the audacity to send pictures of his knob to another woman when he was married to Cheryl Cole, but he had the audacity to go forward like not many other left backs have done in the history of the overall game, let alone the Premier League. Um, learned a lot from a lot of good mentors originally started with Nigel Winterburn and then Brazilian Silvinia who he dislodged surprisingly from the Arsenal side under Arsene Wenger in the early 90s 
two-time Premier League winner at Arsenal, but not a lot of people remember. 02 and 04, people go on about his Chelsea career more, even though he only won one league there. Two at Arsenal, four-time PFA Team of the Year, 103 England caps. And he won seven FA Cups. Seven. Some of the things you do seven times in life, like you, you could do something so unimportant seven times and still nearly get bored of it. That's that is insane. Do you know what I mean? You could like go, you could go, you could visit somewhere or like you could, there's lads out there who've shagged seven women and I don't like using such derogatory language, especially with my previous thing, but that is the truth of it. Lads do rate themselves, especially under the age of 22 and like how many boards are shagged? You still occasionally get that question now, which is quite humiliating for um, the interviewer of such conversation. Um, but yeah there's there's people who have done things seven times and they're bored of them no, Ashley Cole won the FA Cup seven times he had the FA Cup winning night seven times it's like the Wallace brothers in rugby all three siblings went on a Lions tour four combined tours they were represented in 91 yeah. they were represented in or sorry in, they were represented in 93 represented in 97 represented in 01 and 09 so like did their parents and shit get bored of the gear at what point does something that's such an achievement just become nothing probably true and Ashley Cole would be able to answer that about the FA Cup because it's not like and it's also it's not like he did something seven times and he's 70 so he's had all the time to dwell on it like most of his adult life nearly um, he has won the FA Cup that May it's quite frankly ridiculous and it's a record that will never be broken um, an unbelievable defender as well and just never got dominated by any opponent opponent on a consistent basis um, Patrice Ever was close there for a few yeah. years when they were both contemporaries but Ashley Cole well and truly won the battle the greatest Premier League left back of all time the greatest left back in the history of English football and probably top three or four ever to play the game a true legend who is now in LA Galaxy making 3,000 quid a week because he just doesn't give a fuck. He's made his money. He gets to sit in LA. He has a visa. He's enjoying himself. What a life. And what a player. Uh, well and truly deserved. Silly. Unfortunately, we live in an era of social media where pictures, like a lot of people will now remember Ashley Cole for him looking like a bit of an outsider in a picture with Roma. Okay. Fucking embarrassing. Memes and all that shit. Shut up. A true legend. Ashley Cole, you're sitting next to Edwin van der Sar. Get to know each other. It's the all-time Premier League 11. See you again next week. Michael Anthony Show.